Oh, I had that thing go last night. I'll read them thing. I heard you talking about it. <laughs> it was was awesome? fun. Man, that thing was packed. Yeah. It's a little chilly outside, too, and I wasn't expecting that. Mm. But, you know, it's a tribute van. They yeah. take themselves pretty seriously, uh, though. So, no. you know, that's that's how it is. More serious than uh, what Emerald City is, though? Boy. They're like the serious. Dude, like, they don't want you to take videos or pictures or anything like what that. What are you going to do? <sighs> Sell them? You're going to sell them for millions of dollars? And, like, when I introduced them, I was like, all right, you guys ready for some music tonight? I'm sure that, you know, you're here for it. Let's get into it. And all of a sudden, you heard, hee, hee. <laughs> <laughs> what the, the hell? That wasn't me. I didn't see anybody. I mean, it was funny, yeah, man. They, they committed to the name Man in the Mirror, which is kind of uncomfortable Yeah, it's, to me. Yeah. Once, I mean, now now that you look back, at the, at the time, that song is still great, but... Yeah, but at the, Once right. you look back, you're like, the man is trying to tell y'all. He's he's begging he's for you. He's laying it out yes, there for it's, you. Yes, you know what? You don't think about it at the time, but he is actually saying, please. Yes. Stop me. Somebody help me. From doing please all these me. things. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> but everybody's just... Listen to what he's trying to say. Is that the one with the random rap verse? Uh, no. Like two thirds of the way in. Oh, that's no. black. That's black or white. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the heavy D. Yeah. The really weird random rap verse that's in there <laughs> out of nowhere. And it's kind of weird that it was duh, heavy D. Duh, 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 but duh, duh, yeah, duh, duh, yeah. Duh, but duh, duh, duh. and then back to. <laughs> That's the most misplaced verse ever. It really is, yeah. So confusing. Oh, was, no, no. Heavy D was jam. Was it? Yeah. yeah. No, it was a random. This is the most random verse yeah. in musical history. The rap verse on Black or White. Right. Like, I'm trying yeah, to. I'm going to look up the dude. Okay. I was say, because Heavy D was on jam. It ain't, it ain't too much. Uh. Yeah. That I've seen an article about it, and I think I glossed oh, right funny. over it. That's but funny. Let's see. Meet the mystery man who rapped on Michael Jackson's Black or White. Yeah, it was really weird. We he had to owe that guy something. <laughs> He's like, put me on. Put me Come on. Come on, Mike. I wish you guys nothing but best. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. ceiling is the roof as the goat once said welcome to episode whatever the hell number episode this is it's mike flying somewhat solo bobby's not here he is in toronto so i hope he didn't get held up at the uh, at the border you know for all those warrants he has outstanding um but you should have seen it maybe two three minutes ago whenever this guy walked in the building it was like a beetle showed up <laughs> that's just so untrue <laughs> I had to sign in. They frisked me. They they turned me upside down to make sure I didn't have anything in Two my pockets. Two forms of ID. <laughs> right. Okay. Had to sign over my firstborn and everything <laughs> to walk up in these offices. Well, that is the great Donovan Lewis. My man. How are good you, man? You, it's man. good to see you always. I been love wanting, sitting down talking to you about anything. I've <laughs> been wanting anything. to get you over here for a little while. We were going to do a uh, – we had a pregame show in the works that hasn't – 
it's kind of on the back burner until next season. But I was like, you know who we need to get on the pregame show pretty consistently? My man Donovan. He'll stop by the AAC, have some fun with us. Absolutely. He could be, he could be a featured guest on the uh, whenever we put out the liner notes for the album <laughs> at <laughs> the end of the year. That's right. That's right. Featuring. Give me the credits, please. Featuring. But, yeah, I'm super excited, Donovan. Yeah, so, me too. One of my favorite people uh, in media, in sports, in the world in general. Love talking uh, hoops and everything that is with my man. Not quite six feet tall, but, you know. <laughs> I'm still working to get there, man. I'm st- I still have a little bit of hope that I could get to six feet. I'm 47. It's never, ever too late. You should grow the fro out. All right. That, that, that'll help me out a lot. But I will look like George Jefferson, so they'll have, <laughs> they'll have to measure me on the sides and not in the middle. Because in the middle, the middle, I'll still be like 5'10", but on yeah. the sides, I could be six one. <laughs> you got a peninsula going <laughs> in the middle of the head. Yes, I do. The great, the great Everson Walls once told me he had that uh, – that giant fro when he was in high school and at Grambling because uh, the coaches thought he was tall whenever he went on his Grambling visit, and he's 6'1", right. 6'2", and he shows up and he talks to Eddie Robinson, and Eddie goes, man, you're tall. And Everson's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am real yes, tall. I am. right, right. He that- had, I mean, he had a half a foot. Eight-inch fro going. That's great. You remember the kid, kid in play? Yep. Always thought he was yep. tall because of yep. the high top fade. And then yep. when you see him in person, it's like, mm. dude, you're not tall at all. No. But the hair is deceiving. That's yes. why I'm always going to be short because I can't grow it. <laughs> I can't grow it at all. Optical illusion. Right. Oh, by the way, news, breaking news, kid in play are going to be performing at 90s night. Oh, get out of Mads town. 90s night. Very I think good. that is the sixth. I believe so. In a couple weeks here, sixth of November. Yeah, all yeah, right. Real soon. I'll definitely be in the house for that. We're doing our '90s night, and uh, there was some Hammer was uh, one of the options, right? And then Kid and Play came in the fold, and I was like, we were talking about yesterday, and I was like, get Kid and Play. Yeah, that'd be It'll great. Be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Eleven six November sixth. Uh, couple I weeks will, from now, we'll be there. Kid and Play at '90s night for the Dallas Mavericks. All right, so. To be completely honest, after Wednesday night or during Wednesday night's game against the Hawks, man, I was pissed. That was <laughs> that was tough. That was a tough one to go through, man. I mean, after being up 26, thinking, you know, Luca versus Trey is going to be this fun thing, and then I was like, Trey doesn't have anything, man. Like we were just destroying this team. Atlanta's as bad as I thought Atlanta would be, and then I don't know what happened, man. They started bleeding points. You know, it's always, especially in the NBA, man, you know a team's going to make a run, especially mm-hmm. when they get up that big that early. It's just human nature to step off the gas a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen to every team. I don't think you'll sit back and say a team will think that they're better than the other one because they set, let their foot off the gas. It's, it just happens. It yeah. happens to everyone. So I could understand uh, Atlanta trying to push the pill and make things happen that's going to make that run. I just didn't think it was going to happen so quickly. Yeah. Because you're up 26 in the second quarter, and everything is just going fantastic. You can't miss anything. And then all of a sudden, it's 10 points at halftime, mm-hmm. and that is so – it's such a big deficit to erase so quickly. If that lead was 17 at mm-hmm. halftime, okay, that's one thing. Yep. You gave up a few points, that's going to happen. But for them to chop off those points so quickly, you went, uh-oh, this thing is not – you didn't feel comfortable at all going into the second half of what was happening. And, yeah, you expect young teams to do things like that, 
But it was a couple of the veterans that just kind of let this thing go a little bit Wednesday night. They just said, man, I fully didn't expect that to happen like that against Atlanta. When you sit back and look at this schedule, I know we'll talk about that a little later, and you try to check boxes about games you, you need mm-hmm. to win, this was one of them to begin with. Then you add the caveat that you're up 26 in the second, then that has every light point to it Say you've got to get that game. And, yeah, yeah it's very disappointing for, for them to let that slip away. It kind of it felt like a betrayal of trust. <laughs> like in the middle of the second <laughs> quarter, I was, like, I was like, we're doing so well. Like I think Luka might score 30 tonight. Right. You know, uh, DeAndre's stopping people defensively. We're getting open looks. Wesley is knocking down threes early. And credit to Atlanta because they did something pretty rare – uh, that most teams in the league haven't even probably even considered. They haven't uh, tried to do against us, which is play really, really great defense and lock down our bench unit. Because whenever start, stuff starts going sideways, it's always the bench. Go in there, get points yep, for us. Yep, it's and a think, Berea, Powell, yes, work your magic. Maxi, get some ugly buckets in there. And then when they put Wes Matthews in there on that mm-hmm. second union, unit, man, I've been saying on the radio this entire season, I will put that second unit up against, a, a, I don't know, I can't even count the number of teams in the NBA because of what they do. When you look at them on the court, you'll go, man, please, they mm-hmm. aren't going to do a thing. They look like they can't do Anything, yep. and then when they just execute, especially Powell and Berea together, it's magic. Yeah, I suggested to uh, the creative team mm-hmm. that does some of the Maverick videos that they need to put Powell and Berea in the same scenario with Schwarzenegger and DeVito in twins. <laughs> they need to dress them up like <laughs> that awesome. movie cover and yeah. put it up on the screen. How awesome would that be? I'm in on that. <laughs> I'm in on that. I, I guarantee if you walked in the Atlanta locker room, like we'll walk into. Uh, the Mavs pregame and just see what guys are doing and see what's written on the board. And, like, they'll, sometimes there'll be a random player circle that's, sure. like, not the player you think. You know, it's not Carl Anthony Towns because everybody knows. It'll be, like, Anthony Tolliver. Sure. Like, if this guy goes off for 15, we lose. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that X factor type, that, that pivot point. I guarantee you if you went into Atlanta's locker room, it was Berea to Powell. Berea to Powell. If you stop that and you right. don't let those guys stretch that lead or keep, you know, pace, keep the 26 points, which, you know, they can't predict being down at 26, but they focused on our bench. That's the, bench. the money of the second unit, those yes. two guys right there. So, yeah, it was, hey, and Berea didn't shoot it well. No. Uh, he, he dished it, and yeah. that's what he's supposed to do. But mm-hmm. you can't count on you, – you want to count on those points from Berea, and he couldn't hit a shot uh, in Atlanta. So, it just all started crumbling down. And you know it, man. Once it starts rolling downhill and mm-hmm. it picks up speed, it's hard to stop that train from rolling. And, okay, you know what? Boy, we've let 18 points of the 26-point lead go away. It's mm-hmm. time to focus in and get it back. But once it gets going and they have the confidence and they're playing with air in their chest and you're trying to pick that back up, yeah. what happens, happened mm-hmm. uh, 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 the other night. And it was, it was not fun to watch. I mean, down the stretch – you're thinking, okay, even if they pull this off, you lost the lead, everything is still good, just get the W. And some really, really bad shots down the stretch to me in questionable defense. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, I cannot believe I'm seeing this unfold yeah. right now. Yeah. Even with a young team, even if you don't have high expectations for this team this year, in games like that, in situations like that, you would expect this mix of young guys and veterans to be able to hold on to a lead like that, even if they start chugging it away and start chopping off the lead. You you, you got to get those. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there and I'm watching this team come down and get 
bad look after bad right. look after bad look. And I'm like, okay, we need a veteran ball handler in there, a guy that can get you a good look for two or three possessions in a row. And everyone – yeah, you could feel the absence of Harrison Barnes. Sure. In just like a visceral way. You could see Dennis come down and Dennis didn't want to shoot it. Uh, Luca was probably tired by that point because he was playing so many minutes and playing well. And then Wesley just isn't a point guard. No. Like, he can create looks every once in a while, but you, you don't have any guy at that end of the court right now where you can just go, here's the ball, use 15 seconds if you need to. I trust you to get a good look. And although that's not the style they're playing this year, sometimes that's needed. Yes, and in the fourth boy, quarter, you it. was it. so glaring that Harrison Barnes is the guy to do that, and he mm-hmm. wasn't there. And even Carlisle noticed it, took DSJ out, put Borelli in to try to get some energy going and mm-hmm. get people set up, and it still didn't work. It was <laughs> – I, I don't want to make – too much out of game four yeah. of a of a of an NBA season, but when you start talking about this West and how it's loaded, and a lot of people, even Charles Barkley said, you know what, my surprise <clears throat> my surprise teams Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. and if that's something that you think could happen and you could fight for the eighth playoff spot, you can't let those games go. Yeah. So now you have to go up against some of the big boys now, what the schedule looks like, and you have to try to steal one of those wins and. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a tall task. Yeah. Yeah. I keep, I keep telling myself, okay, it was Atlanta's home opener. Of course they're not going to roll over and get trucked right. by 25. Right. Future's performing at halftime. Like, that's one of my favorite <laughs> people on earth. Like, if that doesn't get you revved up. Uh, they have but, a barbershop in the, in yes, the stadium. Yes. So, hey, come on now. They got you- a Killer Mike barbershop up there. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it, it was the perfect storm after what was – it was just so unforeseen. I did. I didn't see any of that happening. I didn't see them having the focus. All of the, you know, the twenty-five young dudes they have at the Hawks University of going. Okay, coach told us to focus on the bench unit, but you know what? I'm not going to respect JJ Barea. No, they stuck to it, man. Yeah, they that, did. That coach, I can't remember his name, but he has those dudes playing hard. They came back and won. I think their second game, a game they had no business being in. It's their home opener. Trey Young had something to prove late in the game, but still, you cannot let games like that. You can't. You can't lose to Atlanta. In any fashion. And I don't know why they've had our number for so long. It's really uh, weird to think about. And Trey Young didn't have a good shooting no. night at all. You think, okay, that's the game you get. But, boy, when he got down to it, he made those free throws in the clutch mm-hmm. and to put him over in Baysmore. Yeah, Baysmore. <laughs> this man. <laughs> I don't know if you watch Ballers, but uh, the, one of the characters looks just like Kent Baysmore. Oh, that's really? all I can think about as he's out there just cooking Dallas the other yep. night. It's like, wow, this guy yep. right here. And that was just the difference in, uh, in that L, man. Yep. I thought 3-3-1, three and three and one, but put so much confidence in this team mm-hmm. to even go on this road trip to say, all right, we're playing Toronto. We're playing Utah, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, three and one. We're doing some really, really good things. And man, then you hear from Barea after the game and saying that the locker room was probably as dejected as he's seen it in a long time. And it's after game four mm-hmm. of this young season against Atlanta, and that's how it is. So they, they, we just they hope it's not a hangover, yeah. But with Harrison Barnes coming back tonight, that should give him a little pep. So yeah. if there's any game he comes back. Uh, for the year, it should be after a devastating loss oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. They they owe us one, and I'm I'm glad the guys care that much. Number one, yeah, me too. I'm glad I'm glad this team expects more of themselves. And to me, the the number of points you're up, like as the leading team, I'm not comfortable unless it's north of 15 now. 
with the way the scoring's going. Right. With teams scoring one one fourteen a game. With the number of possessions you get in a game Dude, now, 10 you points have doesn't played. feel like no, anything. No, no. <laughs> it used to be game over. Yep. And you'll see a ten point lead, and you'll start putting the people at the end of the bench in because mm-hmm. there's no way you can come back. But now, with the way the game is played. Pff, and especially that early on with that yep. lead, that is nothing. And that's probably what he kept preaching to them in, mm-hmm. the, in, the, uh, in the huddle. Hey, it's early. A lot of game. A lot of possessions left. You just go and play your game and we'll be okay. If you start the fourth quarter and you're only up – if you're up anything less than 15, I'm like, you better play. You cannot take your foot off the gas. Right. Because these teams are going to score. They're about to roll up 30 in this fourth quarter. Sure. Are you going to roll up 30 as well? Or are you going to take your foot off the gas? Are you going to have some bad looks? Are you going to get, you know, just that little, little degree of, uh, you know what, this is a good shot. This is, this is fine. Right. Instead of working it for five more seconds and finding the perfect shot. You know, like Berea has done so, so often. Um, I remember the T-Wolves game. I'm sitting up there and the Bulls game. Matter of fact, he's had some really good, he had a really good start to the season. He did. Um, and I'm watching him and Luca play together whenever Luca's out there. And Luca is so good at finding space and finding uh, the spot where he wants to shoot from. And it's Pal and Brea. Brea runs pick and roll, Pal, and Luca flares up to the top, and Luca's wide open. And I'm like, JJ, pass it, JJ, pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it. And he just keeps picking at it, and then he finds Pal for a dunk. And I'm like, okay. Right. You know what? You were looking for the perfect shot. Right, right. You know, this wasn't – you didn't trust, you know, even the best three-point shooter is going to make it 40% of the time. So if you pass it to a wide-open guy, that's 40%. You know what? I'm getting guaranteed two points right sure. here. Sure. Me and Powell can do this. But, uh, yeah, tonight, Toronto, man. Um, that's a tall task. <laughs> it's worrisome. Yeah, it is. Worrisome north, north, of, the, north of the border. Um, Kawhi, I don't know why anybody ever doubted Kawhi. Uh, I know the injury thing was a huge is- issue, but it's, uh, maybe if you doubted him hurting his quad again or getting injured again, that's fine. But doubting that he would fit in, he has the most malleable game of anybody in the league. Could go to any team and do the yes. exact same thing he's doing, and it would greatly benefit that team. You're right. It travels. We yes. always talk about offenses mm-hmm. and defenses in the, in the NFL traveling. And his game travels wherever he wants to go. I was kind of worried about where his head was because mm-hmm. you you know, you get jettisoned from a place where you thought you, maybe you'd spend your entire career and they did you wrong and it, you can go one of two ways. Alright, I got something to prove. I'm going to show you why you, uh, if you got rid of me that's the wrong thing to do. Or you can kind of mope and talk about it. And we mm-hmm. really don't know that much about him to see which way he's going to go. But he is – he's the truth, man. Yep. He is so good all-around game, defensively, offensively. That guy has it all. And it will be a tough task to see who's going to go out there and stop him. Now you get Harrison Barnes back, mm-hmm. and maybe he can try to stay with him a little bit on the defensive end, but it's going to take a total team effort. And there are some lineups, if you want to be frank about what's going on, there are some lineups on this Mavericks team that's, that are defensively challenged. Oh, yeah. And uh, DeAndre Jordan can't clean up every single mistake, and mm-hmm. he's going to make mistakes of his own. So it'll be interesting to see. It takes a total team effort to try to slow down uh, what Toronto can pull out, and uh, they're going to have to be on it, man. Defense takes work. Oh, it does. It's, it's hard, not, it's too, fun. man. No, it's, it's not. It's not fun. No. And the girls don't like the guy that's, you know, oh, he's yeah. on the all-defensive team. Oh, oh, good know. job. You just stayed in front of your man. <laughs> wow. Put that on the grill. What's right. up? That doesn't bring the Instagram model. No. Offense, offense will. And exactly. it seems like those players will concentrate more on yeah. that. But uh, I'm interested to see this first true road 
difficult test mm-hmm. to see where this team's mindset is. You know, are they going to roll over? Are they going to go out there and compete hard? You know what? They go up to Toronto and lose this game by eight. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, they're a better team. You go out there and you're in the game the entire time and you play well. There's nothing more that uh, Carlisle and anyone can ask for. Yeah. But after that, what happened in Atlanta, we'll see if there's any hangover with that. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight's game. I wanted to ask you a couple of things about uh, the defensive side before we jump into maybe um, <laughs> what's going on with guys dropping 30 on us all the time. Right. But, uh, okay, so DeAndre, I feel like he's got a grasp of what Rick Carlisle wants from the defense and how things are supposed to work. And he's the quarterback back there. Right. But there have been moments this year, and obviously the Phoenix game was nuts. Um, You can't really do much when Devin Booker goes nuclear. But Phoenix was, you know, controlling that game for most of it. And then Atlanta, so many points just at the rim. I feel like he knows the system so well, and things are breaking down along the perimeter because we don't have Barnes, you know, one of our best two-way players. And – Honestly, if you went and graded um, the defensive players in the league, I don't know if any of our guys besides DeAndre are ranked top 50, top 60, you know, top 100. Yeah, I'm saying you make, it, you, you make it go down you the know? list, yeah. You know, but they're trusting that the system's going to help them out, that Rick knows what he's doing defensively. And whenever stuff breaks down along, along the perimeter, I've seen DeAndre go not necessarily challenge a shot. You sure. Know? If someone's cutting in the lane, he's like, I'm not getting my fourth foul because right, of this. Right, right. I feel like he he gets a little frustrated at times and does the big man thing of, I'm not cleaning this up for you. I'm not getting my fifth foul because you can't stay in front of your man. Yeah, if you that's know? the case, then he'd be in the game for like eight minutes. Yes, Because exactly. that thing will break down if they get to the lane and he will do what some of the old-time centers would do and just knock someone on their butt to mm-hmm. earn it. You won't have him in the game, and you've got to have him. So I would much rather him just say, all right, we lost this possession. Yep. Let's just try to clean this up and win the next possession, mm-hmm. then taking unnecessary fouls. Yeah, it's it's a very mature approach. Right. But right. also there are times where I see a guy, I mean, Bazemore did it a handful of times, Zach Levine, Derek Rose over the last uh, week or so, where I'm like, I see a guy get past their initial defense, uh, initial defender, and I think we have reached a point in the league where no one can guard anybody one-on-one. Like there might be three dudes in the league, like Kawhi is one of them, right. that, that you can go – Okay, one on one. I like I like my chances. Sure. They're going to score below league average on this possession right here because Kawhi's on that guy. But uh, guys are blowing by people, and I'm like, okay, you're you're doing the the anticipation of here comes Tyson Chandler. You know, he's about to step in there, and then DeAndre's like, you know what? I'm not getting that foul. I'm not. You know what? You got to stay in front of your man. I got to trust you. At some point in this season, this thing's going to get tightened up, and you're gonna you're gonna be happy that I'm making you play defense every single possession. If they get better on the perimeter defensively and you have fewer breakdowns, then Mm -hmm. I think you can see DeAndre react more. But, no, you're right because it's a lot of times where the paint is just being – it's like uh, on Game of Thrones. They're they're penetrating the wall, man. They're they're getting through that last line of defense. And, yeah, he can't clean it all up. So – I'm with you. I think he has a total grasp on what needs to be done, and he's really good at it. And mm-hmm. I thought, what was the game? It was the Minnesota game mm-hmm. where they had Finney Smith on Carl Towns. Yep. And in order for DeAndre to come off on their weak side and help out when he got through, and he knew it was going to happen, but, man, mm-hmm. you saw DeAndre with plenty of opportunities to defend the rim and uh, because Todd Gibson is not that guy to go down, so he had plenty of room to roam. But it's uh, I don't think they can – 
I don't want to call that a gimmick defense, mm-hmm. but I don't think they can get away with that a lot yeah. or too many times. That's uh, in, an instance where, okay, Finney Smith has been really good for this team here, and I think he's good defensively also. But you have to realize that all right, you're going to have to get better up top, and that's why you brought Wes Matthews here because he's a 3 and D guy, and he has to get better. And it's going to be a learning curve with Dennis Smith Jr. and Luca uh, up there uh, defensively. So you have to kind of buy that time and wait for them to get stronger and better in order for DeAndre to really, really – just man up in the middle and make sure everything is uh, not going to get through. But, yeah, I, I think sometimes when you see things bad happening and we all go, oh, my gosh, what the heck were they thinking? Mm-hmm. When you go back and look at it and you'll see some tape or whatever, and that those are the better learning experiences for a young team mm-hmm. to see it in action. See, see, what, see that? Mm-hmm. That can never happen again. Yeah. And then it happened again. Okay, right now, that can never happen again. Yeah. So those are those teachable moments that we think, oh, my gosh, how the heck could they do that? And I think sometimes Carlisle will say, I'm glad that happened so I can show you so you won't do that again. Yeah. And there's something in the mentality of knowing you have that kind of center back there. Right. That's it. Oh, you know, he'll clean it up. So I'm I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, Not realizing. And that's like the, in the moment thought, but not realizing that, okay, if he does collapse, then his man is probably in the dunker spot. And this is a simple pass. And then Alex Lynn is dunking on you. Right. Right. Or, uh, there's, if you do that, it compromises the entire defense and then they swing it and they get a three. And our points in the paint against aren't that bad. I think we're actually last in the league. Um, but they score every time they get in the pack. Right, right. And they're last in the league because people are shooting so well against us from three. Over 50% before Atlanta. Yeah, they just heat up. It's got to normalize because, I, I mean, a lot of them – a lot of it was Devin Booker, obviously. And a lot of it was uh, was Baysmore the other night and just people going nuclear on us. Man, but, Levine was yeah. really good for Chicago. So, yeah, it's almost like, oh, we're going up against Dallas? Man, mm-hmm. we're making all of our shots tonight. Yep. And there are some points where sometimes it's not bad defense at all. No. They're just making the shots. Yes. I thought in Phoenix, man, their first game of the year, mm-hmm. they had an opportunity to win that game. Yeah. It was, it was, I think it was a three-point game. Uh, Phoenix had the ball real late in the shot clock. Devin Booker hits a 27-footer. Yep. But I can't remember who was defending, but he was all over him. Yeah. What can you do in that yeah. situation? You can't do There's anything. nothing you can do. And then he just went ham the whole yeah. rest of the time. So it looks like they got blown out. So, yeah, they need to uh, they need to get some work done. But you hear Carlisle a lot in his post game and his interviews say, we have to work harder. Mm-hmm. We have to work harder. And I, I'm really glad he's saying that because that's what young players, I think, have to learn. Man, you have to work both ends of the floor the entire time. Yep, you get tired a lot, and it's like, golly, I'm tired of doing this. But that's what needs to be done if you if you want your team to be successful. I think they're defending the three-point uh, shot is way more correctable than them becoming sure. a good three-pointing sh- shooting team. Right, right. I think they could get close to 35 league average and maybe – you know, top 14 if they're lucky in terms of percentage from three. Um, if Barnes comes back and Barnes has this, you know, commitment to finding space along the perimeter and knocking stuff down, I think, I think that's, that can happen. Them fixing their three-point defense is the difference between, hey, are you going to be challenging for a playoff position or are you going to be down there about 10 or 11? And are you going to give that really high pick over to Atlanta for that yes. trade? You know, yeah. so it's, uh, it's uh, I'm sure it's frustrating. 
and it has to be frustrating for them to defend well on a play and someone jacks up a three and they make it. Yeah. Go, oh, my gosh, what more could I have done? Yeah. And for them to hit over 50% of those threes, man, that's crazy to that's think insane. about. Yes, that's got to really normalize. Is. That has to normalize. And I think that has to be preached. In the locker room saying, yeah. I get it. It's yeah. frustrating, but there's no way you're going to give up 50% right. three-point shooting this entire season. That's not happening. Yeah. It's so, like, I know you're killing yourself to close out on this guy, and he's still hitting in your face. You know what? That's not going to happen the entire right, season. Right, I know, right. I know it's not easy to, you know, uh, with the spacing in the league now, to run from the, the elbow all the way out whenever this perfect pass gets made and put your hand up and close out. and That's not fun stuff to do. Sure. But at some point, they're going to stop hitting them at half of them. You know, it's just not going to – it can't continue the rest of the season. Um, okay, so what do you think is the deal with uh, Bazemore going off for 32, Zach Levine going off for 30-plus, <laughs> Derrick Rose going off for 28? Oh, I know. And then uh, Booker was kind of, you know, he just caught fire and he outperformed his, his shot selection by a large margin. But uh, the bad teams and – Minnesota without Jimmy Butler in the lineup might be a borderline bad team. Sure. And then Chicago, whatever, Zach Levine, go score 30. I don't care, man. He's having a great year. He's got to prove something, obviously. Um, he's been balling. He's yeah. been great. But what's – are you worried about people dropping 30 on us? And if so, how do, how do, you, how do you fix that? I'm a little worried. Uh, it's – a small sample size, but it's every game someone you're not expecting to just light you up is lighting you up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we don't think of this team as a good defensive team, but you in a, in a league where you're going to scramble to try to get wins and try to stay in this fight, you, you have to be better. And, yeah, there's some style of play where, and even Carlisle admitted this, Man, there are going to be times where we may have to just go out score, guys. And that's why we're putting up 42, 43 three-pointers average in a game. It's because they understand and they concede that defensively they're going to not be really good at this moment right now. I, I think Barnes coming back will help. I don't know if it's how much, but it is going to help. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get some guys who have – like, I don't know if you want to tell me that Brokoff is a really good defensive player. And I know he does not play a lot, but when Barnes is back, he probably won't see the floor yeah. often unless, you know, you need mm-hmm. uh, some three-pointers or something like that. And you'll get maybe a more even distribution of minutes from some of these guys in the regular rotation that may help a little bit because some guys may be a little exposed because they're playing more minutes now than they would if you had your full healthy lineup. So that may help also to not – have those guys play 28 minutes instead of go hard for 14. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can get uh, 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 the production on both ends. So I know it's a lot hanging on a guy, one guy coming back, but he is one of your better, better players on the team. Oh, yeah. And you are lacking something without him in the lineup. So I'm, I'm hoping that you get Barnes back, you get the regular rotation in, and you get guys uh, – putting a little more effort out there on the defensive end. And that's, that's what it is, man. We, it's so cliche and easy to say, but it's effort. Defense is effort. And the more you put it, you know, effort you put out there, the better defensively I think as a team you can be. You can make up for some of the shortcomings for the other guys out there that just aren't really good defensively. So you just want to pray that it's 
you know, the uh, the game action. And the more games you get into it, the better they'll see what they need to do defensively. And, and Carlisle can teach what he needs to teach defensively. And DeAndre Jordan can do the same thing. So I'm just hoping time will help out. I think Dorian Finney-Smith is a perfect example of right. a guy that's getting a little overexposed right now. Yeah, playing a little um, too many minutes. I think he's been yeah, good. Yeah. And he worked on he's his not three-point ready for shot. That leap, and, no, not that yet. 30 minutes a night type leap. Maybe next year? Sure. Let's see. Let's right. talk about it. But I think it compromises him a little bit on the defensive end yes. when he has to play that many minutes. Yeah. And that's where they really, really need him to excel. They don't need another three-point shooter. They've got yeah. plenty of those. Mm. They need a guy to grind it out on the perimeter defensively. And, and he's one of the guys that can do it. Yeah, and he's, he's played admirably in those first three games. Like, he's been a plus player. Sure. He's, he's contributed to winning or being competitive in games. Fourth game. Uh, the Atlanta game, I mean, that was his worst game of the season. That right. was one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. I mean, one rebound and nearly 30 minutes from a dude <clears throat> that's that size. Right. you got to have more. Sure. And uh, from, I think, now and the way the league's working and the way, you know, the rules are shifting to free motion rules and the scoring is cranked up, you can't have a wing, a starting wing, go out there and give you whatever it was, four points, one rebound in 30 minutes, man. It just we, you just can't survive. You can't keep your head above water. If you're a starting wing out there, you got to contribute and you got to get big numbers, man. It's just kind of how it goes. And this this team is really uh, whenever you look over there and you go, okay, who do I want? That who's a, who's a dribble pass shoot guy uh, with a little bit of size in the wing? There's not that many. No. When Barnes is out, that list gets even shorter. Boy, then, it does. And then you're kind of faking it. You're kind of doing smoke and mirrors, and you're uh, rolling Dorian out there for 30 minutes, and you're giving Ro- Ryan Brokoff 10 minutes because you have to, and, you know, you're faking it. You're doing what Rick did for a long time, which is three-guard lineups. Man, I think um, when you talk about that, when you ask that question, I think the list starts and ends with Barnes. Yeah. A dribble-pass-shoot guy. Yeah. That's on I mean, the wing. Luke, Luke obviously. Okay, Luke is sure. More I, of a point guard. Well, am I thinking? But yeah, but I, I, I do consider Luke a point guard. Seventy-seven yeah. makes him look bigger out right. there on the court. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> I consider him the Scottie Pippen type of. I can pretty much play any position out there offensively, mm-hmm. but he can't do that defensively. But I didn't expect anything differently. I think that's going to come with time. So yeah. I, I don't sweat that right now. You know, the deeper in the season it gets, the better you want to see him get. As, yeah, as early, long as he gets better each, you know, each game, then then you'll be fine. Early, early impressions of Luca, I guess, offensively, defensively, just the the savvy, the in between, the balance. Like, tell me, tell me what you liked about I'm, our, our son. I'm always leery when you have a lot of people hyping one guy up that. I didn't see a lot of. I didn't watch a lot of Euro League basketball. Not a lot at all. And you know, when you, okay. The Mavericks are looking at this guy. Then you go to highlights, and highlights can make me look like a really good <laughs> basketball player. So you go, okay, and you're just always skeptical. He's the most NBA-ready rookie we've seen around here, yada this, yada that. And I'm so, I was very curious and excited to see what he was going to bring. And, man, I think, he's, I think he was very nervous game one, and there was no way I was going to judge his performance off of game one, although he was okay. He was really nervous, short shots and all that. But, man, the returns at the four games, the Mavericks did exactly what they needed to do to get that guy in here. He's great. Vision is off the chain. 
even his ball handling, his decision-making sometimes. I think he's one of those pass-first guys that Carlisle loves, and I think this system needs to be successful. They need a pass-first guy that can handle the rock. That's why I would love to see him on the ball way more than Dennis Smith Jr. because Dennis Smith Jr. is, is really good, but he's not a pass-first guy. He's a score-first guy, and I want to make the electric play every time. And that can kind of hurt your offense a little bit if he's the focal point. So, man, Luca is everything as advertised as I've heard. And I, I'm, I'm always looking forward to seeing him get better as the games go. But the early returns are A-OK. I don't mind the first-round pick to jump up to get him. I don't mind, you know, having to give next year's first to Atlanta because he's he's uh, part of the future around here, and I, th- I think he's the real deal. It's uh... – it's always it makes me nervous whenever you have just some obviously if somebody hasn't done it before somebody hasn't done it in this competition before and I, I knew he was going to be a little bit more savvy than your average rookie right I was ready for he's going to play under control um, he's not going to do anything too dumb you know some of the turnovers are him uh, wishing plays to happen like yeah maybe game thirty that plays there that that lob to DeAndre that you thought was there is going to be there. I didn't expect how much of a just killer he is. Like he's he's gonna try and James Harden you. Like, oh yeah, he was a way he's a way better scorer than I thought he was gonna be. Yeah, I thought he's gonna come over here and have to get adjusted. Yes. Okay, you can score points over there, just but over here is a different in. game. But it's so funny because now this game right now is kind of starting to mirror how they play over in Europe in mm-hmm. Europe now because mm-hmm. it was just all about the shooters in Europe those guys get open and they knock down shots and that's what the NBA is becoming now so that adjustment we that adjustment we thought he was going to make it's like man this is the same basketball I've been playing the mm-hmm. whole time yeah so that's he's a way better score than I thought he was I thought he's going to be a guy that can find uh guys and get them open and get them the ball where they need to be to be successful but his scoring is on point. Yeah. I think he can even score more if he wants to. Yeah. And I wonder if Carlisle is saying, dude, mm-hmm. I understand your vision is out of, out of this world, but when you get to the cup, don't look for the lob. Play yeah. it up. Yeah. Let's get those two points and go back down mm-hmm. on the other on the other uh, on the defensive side. So, I'm uh I'm 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 liking his progress here even in the early going. I think the the tough part is already achieved. The the mental side the the playing to what the game gives you putting the ball in the right spot right even if it's you know not the fun play to make swing the ball you know what I mean you don't gotta do the step back three every time um what I want to see is year two year three whenever he gets in just elite shape whenever he can jump out of the gym right whenever, whenever he can beat somebody in a foot race you know because that takes that's not like a two-month thing you don't rebuild your body no. or turn yourself into a fast twitch athlete in two months or over a summer. That's that's that is years. You're gonna see that body transform too. You'll see it. You'll see the cut in his arms a little yep. bit when he gets stronger mm-hmm. and he's working Shoulders out. Shoulders gonna get wider. Right, right. Yep. And that 77 gets a little mm-hmm. small on his back. Yep. Tell you, it makes him look huge. Yeah. That number. <laughs> it's it's goofy. There's no doubt. <laughs> There's no doubt. He's he's one of the very few people on earth that can make me embrace a weird, weird ass number. <laughs> but uh I'm here for it. Right. I'm here for it. Yeah, he's he's his uh his balance and the ways he can score. I was like, okay, he's gonna shoot a lot. I knew he's gonna shoot a lot of threes because I've seen him do it uh overseas and his numbers will tell you that just from Real Madrid. He's gonna shoot five threes a game. 
It's just going to happen. <clears throat> but what I didn't anticipate was, okay, he's in the lane. He just kind of slows it down. He slows it down, and I'm just going to lob this up there. You right. give me two points. It doesn't have to look cool. Like, I know it looked goofy doing a teardrop from 13 feet away, but yeah. I don't care. Yeah. If it, if it goes in, I don't care how it <laughs> yeah. looks. It does not matter at all. I think you did say one word that uh, can describe him perfectly, and that's the control. Mm-hmm. And you don't see rookies with that. You yeah. see rookies just pew, 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 pew yeah. all over the place, and it's wild, and it's all that. But mm-hmm. he plays with poise and control. That you don't see 19-year-olds play with. So yep. by the time he's 24 and 25, my gosh, what is yeah. this game going to look like then? But it's uh, it's living up to, I think, everyone's expectation to uh, see what he's uh, brought to the court so far. And everyone should be thrilled that, man, you got a few years with this guy running this show. And it seems like uh, uh, the arrow is pointing up. Yeah, and you can, you can feel the buzz. Yeah. It's almost every time he touches the ball. If it's at home. Like, that play starts just – you just feel the electricity. He's about to do something crazy. And a guy from Slovenia, man. Yeah, from like – from Dennis the, Smith Jr. had some hype coming out, and it was like, oh, my gosh, he fell to nine. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. This guy has hops, and you anticipated some electrifying, electrifying hype, uh, you know, highlight reel stuff when he got the ball in the open court. Like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But you're right, man. It's a buzz every time he touches the dang ball. Yep. He brings it up, and it's like, okay, what is he going to do now? What is he going to mm-hmm. do now? Who's he going to find in the corner? What's going on? What's going to happen yep. here? And that hasn't been around here in a long time. Hell, it wasn't even here for Dirk. Right. Nobody cared about him when he first got here. Yep. Who is this dude? Yep. And now everyone knows who that dude is, and he's that's where I thought that added pressure would be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe everyone's expecting this from me. And he's he's knocking all that off and shaking it off, and he's been he's been good, man. For, for a team and a, a roster that has had a, uh, a just a lack of talent, we'll call it what it is. Right, like You right. haven't had those elite talent guys. Like They're guys that played above their heads, that play well together, that fit the system, that do what Rick – even the title team. I mean, besides Dirk, you look around those guys and you're like, yeah, do these guys start on other teams? I don't know, but you, they play exceptionally well together. Yes, you go roster for roster from all the championship teams, and I think somebody will go, what the heck happened in 2011? Yes. How did that happen? Yes. You had one superstar playing out of his mind, and those role players playing to the top of their ability at the right time. That's right. exactly what happened. And a, and a roster for the last five years, that is, you've looked at it, and you roll the ball out there at the beginning of the game, sure. and you go – yeah, like I don't know if we can score with these guys. Like you go one, you go tit for tat across the board, and you're like, oh my god, we got to face Westbrook tonight and right. George and Stephen Adams and you know everybody that's in the Western Conference. Not that we're there yet to match those guys physically. I think I think we're fine now with DeAndre and Luca. I can look at the court and go, you know what, we're not going to lose the rebounding battle by five to ten tonight like sure. we have been the last couple of years. It's going to be a normal game. Um, we don't have to do smoke and mirrors and tricks and all these kind of uh, gadget lineups to try and get around the fact that we don't have a real center out there. <laughs> but not saying we're on the level of the top five of, you know, the Pelicans, of the Thunder, of the, you know, uh, even the Lakers right now, um, and then the obvious ones, the Rockets, Utah, and, and Golden State. But I think you got a guy in Luka that can almost just drag your talent level yeah. up there in a matter of, I don't know, a year or two, maybe three. And a guy other pieces can see and say, okay, they have a little something going in Dallas. They have Luka, and mm-hmm. DeAndre says, you know what, this year was good. I know we struggled a little bit, but I think we can grow with this team. And he sticks around, and other people will say, you know what, 
They have something going down here in Dallas. Yeah. If I can join that team and we maybe can make some noise and maybe you can win in free agency because you have to. Yeah. A lot of teams, you can build in the draft, that's fine. You can uh, trade, that's fine. You've got to hit in free agency. You have to. Yeah. And this team hasn't done that here. Now they got Barnes. Now, that was a trade. No, no, no. That was no, free agency. Was, he was cut. Kevin yeah. Durant went there. That's they, exactly they rescinded they to, their offer to right. him. And, and they, they picked him. In. So that's a win in free agency for this team. And you have to continue to build that team like that in all three ways to, uh, to, to be successful and start climbing that mountain. Yeah. And for people that don't understand why it's so important that DeAndre's here, even if it's just for one year, um, you know, I'd like him to be here long term, figure out what works for you. Like, he's a good center. You're not going to get – I mean – you look at the free agent list, and it's like, okay, who are you going to get that's better and understands the team better than DeAndre right now? It's going to be tough to answer that question right. uh, in about eight months or whatever it is. But uh, the reason DeAndre is so important here is getting Dennis and Luca used to playing with a true center of that talent because the best roster that you could possibly build with the Dallas Mavericks in the next five years while both these guys are on their rookie contracts – is going to be with an elite center like that. Yeah. With a pick-and-roll threat like yeah. that. With a, a guy that can like erase that. some mistakes that's going to happen yes. on the perimeter, yes. Yes, and you could have spent your money elsewhere. You could have gotten another wing. You could have gotten another you know, guard, another shooter, and a lot of shooting went out the door this season or this offseason, and I was really worried about that. But it's so important for those guys to have a good screen setter, to have a guy that does all the nasty stuff for them, mm-hmm. um, and a guy that they can you know, learn how to throw that lob in between when someone's on your back, when you put, them, put the air brakes on in the paint. You right. know? His skill set is so unique that it fits perfectly with what they're trying to do. Yeah. Like we said earlier, you have a lot of people that can put the ball in a hole, and that's fine, and DeAndre can do that. But you don't need another shooter. You need a guy in the middle that's going to grab the rebounds and get those offensive rebounds to get those second chances to throw it back out to try to get those shots up. So they, they need him, and I think they need him with Luke and Dennis for you know three or four years after this. So hopefully – he will have enough uh, success in his first year to say, all right, you know what? They're working with something around here. Yeah. He's, he's, he's having fun. Right, right. He's having fun. Seeing him after games in the locker room sure. and at practice. Dude, he's having fun. That's, that's what counts with a guy like that. He's having a great time. He likes his team. He likes Luca a lot, and he loves Dennis. I mean, right. he's always over there in Dennis's ear. He's always joking with Luca. Like, he loves these kids. And that's whenever, cool. whenever Dirk gets back, it'll be even, even more because those dudes are, like, super tight already. Right. Um, so interested to see what Harrison Barnes brings tonight against the Toronto Raptors. If, uh, you know, it's not a game we're going to be favored in because Toronto probably jumped at the top of the Eastern Conference over the offseason. But uh, I want to see them compete. I want to see them have a, a lead at some point, uh, you know, after the first four or five buckets get scored. I want to see what they can do against an elite team like this because this is the first real test against an elite team. It is, it is. And I think the one thing that helps with DeAndre and maybe even the West Matthews and Barnes is they won't be scared. No. You know, they won't say, oh, my gosh, you know, we're in Toronto like some young team may do. It's like, hey, man, it is what it is. Let's Mm -hmm. just go out there and play our game and we'll be okay. And, and, And he, I think DeAndre Jordan is the main guy with that. You know, you see him. You know, with his arm around a guy, talking to him, trying to tell him where he needs to be or what to do like that. That is so invaluable to go to guys like uh, Luca and DSJ. It's something that you can't – That's he's worth every single penny you're paying him for that experience and that knowledge he's spitting to those youngsters. All right, let's jump around the league a little bit if you don't mind. All right, quick. let's do it. Um, all right, Thunder started 0-4. Lakers started 0-3. Now they won two games, I think, right. on a back-to-back, and they kind of righted the ship or – 
I don't even know. I'd still think that roster is extremely flawed around what you would usually put around LeBron. But uh, I guess give me initial thoughts of uh, Western Conference, whatever you want to grab at, man. Lakers, Thunder, Jazz are playing their asses off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're, they're so steady that I expect that out of them. They're going to be a really good team. They're going to be hard to handle because mm-hmm. they have one of those guys that we're talking about with DeAndre and Gobert, man. It just it starts and ends with him. Mm-hmm. Like Donovan Mitchell is great, and he's going to uh, have that offense rolling. But, boy, they – value defense out there and he is the anchor mm-hmm. so they're going to need to keep him health healthy if they're going to be successful this is exactly what i expected out of la um every time lebron goes to a new team they struggle in the jump until they can figure out what they you know what each role is and uh this team i think this lakers team that the the talent that he has surrounding him here is way better than what he had in Cleveland. Now, the Western Conference is better for sure, so it's not an easy road to get to the finals like it was in the Eastern Conference. But if he can get those guys to accept their roles and play with him, because I will guarantee you he's really difficult to play with. And if they can accept those roles and say, okay, this is what I need to do, this is where I need to be, and realize what he does, and he can get them involved – they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I don't know if they can overstep Houston or Golden State, but, man, anytime you have 23 on the court, you're going to have a chance to win, and that's what they're banking on. Oklahoma City, that surprises me a bit. I know Russ was out a game or two because he was injured. They'll figure it out also. But, uh, Their I, offense still looks – it looks like and, and KD, Russ, I, year two, one or two. And I don't understand why. It seems like if – Maybe I do understand why. Maybe yeah. it is Russ. Yeah. And maybe it is really difficult for uh, uh, to play with him, to have another guy who has some really good offensive skill playing with him. But that team, you look at that roster, they should roll. Oh, absolutely. That looks like a fantastic team on paper. But, man, once he gets chugging and going, I'm sure it is saying, oh, my gosh, we got to go out here and mess mm-hmm. around with this offense with Russ. Man, that's why I was surprised that Paul George stayed. It was almost like an impulse. Hey, man, come on, man. I, yeah. Let's do this. I love you. And he's like, okay, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> and I thought they would get better as a team to get rid of Carmelo because I think that dude is – don't want to say the word cancer. That's kind of harsh. But his liabilities shine on a team like that. Mm-hmm. Houston, maybe not because they have a different style than what they want to do. And it seems like he may fit in perfectly right there. But I uh, – I was sitting back thinking the other day, uh, the other day, day because we always assume the Western Conference is so much better than the Eastern Conference. And I was mm. trying to go team for team, and I was thinking about that Eastern Conference going, man, Toronto is serious. Yeah. Boston, serious. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, serious. Uh, Milwaukee, if Greek Freak can get going, they'll be good also. They have some good teams over there. And it feels like take Golden State out of the mix. A lot of those other guys beating up on each other will kind of have the Western Conference a little bit down than it was last year. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 thick one through ten. Right. And I think, you know, uh, Golden State's not going to try and kill themselves until Boogie comes back. Right. You know, as soon as Boogie comes back, as soon as Boogie's ready to play, I think they want to show off. They wanted that one season where they won those 73 games yeah. to show off, and they put everything on the line for yep. it. They don't care now, man. No. They don't care if they get the one seed, two It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them at all. You're right. Once they get Boogie and get those five guys on the court, they're going to clown. Yeah. They're going to they're probably win like 10, 15 straight. And it's, it's going to take maybe a little bit for them to get acclimated also. So mm-hmm. when he gets back, you may see them lose a couple games in a row. Yep. And then once they figure it out, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah. But I don't think it's a 
bad time for basketball now, especially for teams that don't have a shot, mm-hmm. like Dallas. Mm-hmm. They don't have a chance in the world to win a title this year, none. But you get to figure out what path and avenue you want to take and play around with a lot of things while your expectations are low, and that's mm-hmm. a great thing. Like teams that have gone all in, like Houston, first full first round is for Jimmy Butler. They're trying to go all in. They want to win right now. Right. So the, it's, those expectations are so high that when they fall short of them, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And they'll have that uh, uh, pressure on them. Yeah, and they're making bad decisions because they see that window of Chris Paul and James Harden. Ooh, shutting Chris Paul's fast. two seasons left? Right. Three right. seasons? Effective. I mean, effective seasons. I mean, he, there's a reason he didn't play Game 7 of the Western Conference right. Finals, right? Right. And then James Harden's got a hamstring thing already. He's going to miss the next two games like I don't think that body ages well with all the all the hits he takes and they see that they have what two calendar years and they're selling out and, and that's looks the window like, yes and it looks like Golden State's not going anywhere anytime no. soon so they have to push the pill because they're one of those teams that's closest to making some noise yeah but if you're a team like Dallas Four first round picks for Jimmy Butler I know. <laughs> how crazy is that that the expectations aren't as high. You can figure your stuff out on the court. Mm-hmm. You can lose ball games, but you're figuring it out. So in three or four years, when this Western Conference could seriously, conceivably flip, mm-hmm. that you'll be ready when it could flip to make 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 some noise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pelicans are the one team that's really surprised me. I look at the collection of talent, and I'm like, okay, I guess. You know, Julius Randle's fine. I like him as a player, but he doesn't fit, like, where the NBA's going necessarily. A lot of coaches would, um, you know, have a struggle trying to fit him into their system. But, dude, he's a bull. Miritich is shooting the hell out of the basketball, and Anthony Davis is just finally completely healthy. He's the man for sure. Yeah. And the one that I think a lot of people would say, if I'm starting a franchise, he'd be one or two that you would choose to start mm-hmm. it because he's that good. But you want to talk about not being able to sustain it. I don't know if they can do this offensively the entire year. It seems like a mirage. 110 possessions. I mean, if Drew is healthy and AD's healthy, yeah, and all yeah. those guys got to do is, you know, Take the easy shots, Miritich, Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, what is he doing? And then Etwan Moore is shooting really well from three. I'm like, okay. I mean, if Anthony Davis has unlocked offensive basketball, as we know it from, you know, a post position from a dude that can stretch out, right. then maybe, maybe he's pulling a Dirk They just dragging these dudes. They just don't have the advantage coaching no. at all. Yeah. Zero. So when it gets down to it, and it's and it's crunch time in the playoffs, and that those hands get a little bit sweatier on those possessions when mm-hmm. you're trying to make some noise and make things happen, can that coaching help them make that next step? And boy, in New Orleans, I don't think it can. I think they are severely behind the eight ball coaching out there, and that may hurt them to say, all right, all right, we're uh, we're one of those teams. But if they have success in the regular season and they think they can add another piece or so, mm-hmm. they might start sacrificing and selling out Double. to try to take that next step. And it might hurt them in the future. So it'll be interesting to see which teams are surprise teams that are good that may say, all right, we need to maybe try to go all in to try to get this championship and knock down Golden State or Houston. Is it Denver? Can they sustain it? Is it New Orleans? You just don't know. But it's going to be a fun ride, man, this regular season. Basketball is so fun. It really is. It's so freaking fun. Um, glad it's uh, up and going. Glad we're in the midst of it. Glad we got uh, – I mean, we got Lakers-Denver last night, an awesome game. Um, Mavs-Raptors tonight is probably going to be one of the better games of the night. 
Damian Lillard went off for 40-plus last night. Like, this is so much fun. And dude. that's a team we don't even talk about. We Never. haven't mentioned them once. Never. And this whole thing. And they were the third seed last year. Yep. It's, uh, it's some fun times, man. It's going to be some jockeying to see are the same eight teams that made it last year, are they going to be the guys that are going to do it this year? Is there going to be a surprise team? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. They're going to they're gonna kill each other yeah. trying to get into these playoffs. And like, that's why maybe one of those Eastern Conference teams like Boston or Philadelphia, if they get it going after watching them slug it out in the West, can say, oh, you know, we've taken our lumps over in the East, but we're not as bruised and battered as those other guys, and mm-hmm. maybe we can slip a championship in. There's some years where you can – see teams kind of just take their foot off the pedal and go, okay. I mean, LeBron's notorious for taking that week or two off, right? right. Uh, that he did whenever he was in Cleveland and uh, in Miami for a while. Nobody can do that right now. Nope. Because the top, the elites, there are other elites around you. The middle, there's about five to ten of them that are going to take your playoff spot if you take your foot off. Yes, they will. And so there could be teams that are just worn out by the time they get to the playoffs. And what was it the last year? The third in the ninth seed was separated by like three games yeah. or something like that yeah. so it's that's why you talk about games in november and you go ah you know you lost a you mm-hmm. lost a game here but that's okay it's all right we'll get it back man yeah. it's no getting it back because all those things count because that could be the difference from making the playoffs and not making the playoffs in mm-hmm. these con- in, in these conferences yeah awesome man good time always love always man. With you, man always the Gotta great do this again. yes sir anytime Swing yes sir across the highway no doubt about we'll it we'll leave the door open <laughs> all right man mavs raptors tonight i think it's six thirty. tip up in uh north of the wall so let's check it out and uh hey go mavs go mavs